amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Welcome to Success Secrets Exposed with Sally A. Curtis, where we share stories of challenge, success, and inspiration, along with practical tips and strategies to move you forward to your success. And now, here's your host, Sally A. Curtis. Good evening and good morning to you. Morning and welcome. To you. Uh, exciting episode today it's our marketing month it's sorry start again it's our monthly marketing <laughs> magic episode with myself and celeste so welcome celeste hello this is i'm so excited about today's topic are you good 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 excellent so what we're going to talk about today um as you said a very exciting topic it's going to be customer service related we're going to be talking about the what's and the how of customer service and this is going to come from our years of experience working with clients that are in the service-based uh, industry and entrepreneurs that are dealing with customer-facing situations. So we've got lots of uh, stories and lots of insights to share with you today. So Les, can I ask you to introduce yourself uh, first off the ranks today, please? <laughs> Thank you. My name is Celeste and I'm the founder of Lustosa Marketing, um, an end-to-end -end agency uh, providing end-to-end -end marketing services to service providers. And um, like Sally, I'm a marketing strategist and a bit of a nerd when it comes to marketing. Yes, def 
Definitely. So lots of fabulous nerd-related stories um, that really, really give you insights. I love listening to uh, Celeste's stories and certainly absorb in the magic when she gets telling some of those stories because they do make it really, really easy to understand. And for those that are new to the show, my background, as Celeste says, is a marketing strategist as well, but I specialise in the arena of speakers, coaches and consultants that are building a practice. Um, the areas that I help them with predominantly is um, LinkedIn lead generation, visibility and credibility, as well as content repurposing. Um, and it is my role to help amplify their voice, their message and their impact. But more importantly, let's dive in to our very uh, first topic today. And I'm going to sling this one over to Celeste to ask you what, um, as it relates to customer service, what's your definition of customer service? I think one of the things that I uh, I was going to start with is that I would like to not say customer service anymore and say customer experience. I think um, things have really changed in the way people do businesses and the expectations that customers have with the digital world and the fact that we are out there, there's lots more information and lots of more competition. I think now uh, it's not just the service, it's an experience. What do, what do you think, Sally? Yeah, I was reading up on um, the, the transitions and the trends that have occurred since COVID and um, we were sort of talked about customer experience um, back before COVID had actually hit, but I really think the clients or the customer's version of that, they've got much more knowledgeable. They're coming back out into their, into their world now and they want, they want that experience. They know and instinctively feel that experience or not feel that experience. So they're actually looking for it, even though they might not know how to name it yet, they are yeah. um, actually absolutely looking for it and they know when it's not there and they'll let you know about yeah. it for sure. The other thing is that before uh, what was defined as a customer service was almost like when the customer was in front of someone uh, within your business. So they were in your store, they were in front of your salesperson or your receptionist or someone, and then that was the customer service, was that immediate service that, that was being provided, that, that exchange. And now we call it custom, customer experience because that starts way before they come in front of you. Uh, with social media and digital and websites and uh, collaterals, um, advertising that are on Google, Facebook, uh, what happens is that the customer experience with your brand starts way before you have a chance to shake hands or uh, talk to them about your solution. So I think that's also come from that experience, you know, understanding where it starts and where it ends with your brand. Yeah, and I've um, just going back into my arena. We talk about the fact that um, a client needs to consume, uh, on average, and these were uh, these are actually old statistics now. Um, needs to consume at least eleven pieces of your content to get to know you. So I'm seeing a real uplift in people saying uh, both to myself and to clients, "Oh, I've been stalking you for a long time." I think you were one of those two, Celeste, if I remember right. Um, so people are actually checking us out. Um, for a long time before they actually engage with us. Um, and pre-COVID in my world, you used to be able to get away with email marketing and, uh, and content uh, marketing, et cetera. 
but it's it, they want even more than that now. They want to actually feel like they belong to something, which is more experiential yes. uh, than just being um, another name on a on an email list, for example. That's absolutely true. And I think one of the things, and just going through, I have my little notes that Sally yeah. always um, gives me to start the conversation. I think there are some key things that every business owner or anyone who is doing business with someone needs to be very mindful and aware of uh, when it comes to customer experience and to dealing with the customer. And one of the things that I always go back to is that not only the customer is obviously what's going to keep you in business, but they should somehow be the reason you started your business. So, Everyone starts a business to because they came out with this solution to mm. someone's problem, to someone's mm. challenge, or to someone's desire. So you might not be dealing with necessarily something people need, but you might be dealing with something that people want uh, mm. to better themselves or, or for whatever reason. So tap back into that day where you say, look, I found this solution. Who was it? Who was that for? So mm. at the end of the day, that person who you created this solution for is your beginning, is why it all started. And I think so it has more meaning than just the financial side of it. It's not just because customers give you the money and, and will ultimately be your paycheck, but they're the, the why you started where you started. Mm. So, so ultimately to, to continue to really, really understand, and this gets back to understanding your ideal client intimately, but also the reason that you were first inspired to help them. Yes. Yeah, beautiful. Yes, absolutely. So how, how do you help your clients um, bridge that gap from I've got that, um, I've, I've been inspired, I've created this solution, I know that they've got a problem, How do you help your clients move forward into that as it relates to the customer experience? Just give us some some headlines. So I think um, one of the things is is the communication, the messaging. So uh, lots of people want something, but they don't necessarily know that they want it too Mm. early in the process. And you can help them figure that out with good copy, good uh, content, with a clear message of what you do and why and how uh, that mm. gets delivered. Mm. But the other thing is that today it's not enough just to have one website or mm. have a Facebook page or a social media page or have an email marketing. We today talk about customer journey and mm. that journey will have a number of uh, touch points that your brand should be reinforcing and like helping them with the messaging, with the right message at the right time within their journey. So mm. I think one uh, is really nail down that customer persona. And I think that's a step that seems so basic and lots of people forget about it mm. is who actually your customer is. And please don't say women. That's mm. too much. So you're not going to be able to service 
uh, I don't even know how many women are in the world, but um, you need to go, you know, go more narrow than than that. So it's not just people if they're 15 or or 20 in their 20s. So I think, you know, if, if you started your business and you're doing all these things and you're kind of not getting the traction that you need, maybe pause, take a step back and go back. Did you actually map out that customer persona, that avatar, what that mm. person looks like and start there? Mm. And I think that's a step a lot of people forget. Yeah, it, and it's a step that people want to rush through and ultimately uh, rushing through it uh, gives you what I call a scattergun approach because you don't have the clarity of how to converse with them, what words to use uh, for them, understanding that, you know, the, what they're actually, um, what they're really actually going through. I remember uh, working with a, a consultant, well, she was a coach, and she worked uh, with women. Um, and I had been in her training rooms at some point and she was, we were talking about getting her some marketing and getting uh, clear on her messaging, et cetera. Um, and I remember saying to her, and, and, and you will relate to this, so, so who do you actually, you know, who is your client? And she said, oh, women, but I serve some men too. It's like, okay, so that's everybody. Um, and we ended up... Um, we ended up going through a, a, just a really simple process, which was because I'd been in her training rooms with her, I'd been at the back of the room, I was able to say to her, and I'm just sharing this little story in case it's a tip to help you just get some insight of where your starting point was. So I said to her, okay, so you did a workshop on this date and this date and this date. So we pulled three, three workshops and I said, Tell me about the um, three three of your favourites in that in that uh, workshop. Tell me about your three favourites in that workshop and your three favourites in that workshop. Um, and we ended up mapping out what the common element. So we mapped out the three individuals. So we had yeah. uh, nine individuals, and then we tracked across what the commonalities were. And we actually mm-hmm. found through that that they were all um, uh, executive women that were uh, sort of forty to sixty. So actually they were 45 to 60 um, for her because she was sort of in that sort of life sort of coaching space. They had all had a significant upheaval in life. So divorce, um, death, de- uh, widowed or something uh, or a marriage breakdown. So something really significant. Um, and they actually all lived in the eastern suburbs. Um, and they all worked in roles as executive assistants, PAs, so it was a, a support, high-end support roles. So with that information of going, I help everyone and bringing it back to who are your three out of the most recent workshops yeah. or your favourite, you know, your top ten customers and actually mapping out what you know about them, the, the demographic, the geographic and the characteristics and maybe the desires and problems if you know them. Yeah. Um, and then look for the commonalities um, and we were then in a position that we were able to go to these people and um, these women and say, well, why is it? Why do you? Why do you choose this particular coach? Um, and we were able to ask them some questions. And what came out of that was, oh, we love her because she's like a fairy godmother to us. And she was from a persona. She was very much like that. She cares about us, and we don't feel like we're broken when we come to her. Um, we don't feel like we're fixed. Um, and I really yeah. love the community of women that she's created that supports it, which all indicate the customer experience and journey that they're actually looking for, but they might not.
not have actually even known that that was what they were looking for. So I hope that's helpful to give people a bit of a starting point and a bit of an example of how easy um, mapping a journey out from a starting point can be um, if you look back to look forward. And I think the other thing is that will impact everything else you do with your marketing in your planning uh, when you're thinking about the actions of your marketing. So I'm just going to give you an example today. So I am uh, I'm obviously someone's customer persona, but uh, I'm a mom and I have a kid in preschool, in school, which means that there's no worse time for you to call me for a chat about your service than uh, 8.15 because that's when I'm trying to get my five-year-old out of the door um, you know, rush off putting shoes on and getting the bags and, and doing the whole drop-off thing. Mm. So knowing who I am as a customer mm. would, un would allow you to not call me at certain times, post on social media at the times where you know I'm actually looking. So am I a, a working mom? Am I, you know, a single mom? And all of these are mm. going to impact the way I want to interact with the brands I consume. Mm. So as a consumer, certain times are going to work for you better than others and understanding who that customer is will allow you to be at the right time, the right place. And I think that's really important too because um, mm. what happens is that people, because there's so many options out there, you have to appreciate how much easier it got for me as a consumer to go to your competitor instead of you because mm. they are also at a click of a mouse for me, mm. right? The fact that you're calling me at any time between 8, 8, 15 already tells me you don't understand my life. You don't understand how you're going to bring solutions to me. Mm. You're already out. That mm. one phone call that I actually in the kind of say, mate, I can't talk to you right now. I'm dropping my kid at school. And mm. more often than not, the salesperson doesn't get the hint. It's like, oh, but it will just be five minutes. And um, yeah. and that's the sale gone. So I'm no longer in their pipeline of prospects. So I think having that awareness of people's lifestyles and what works mm. for them, what time works for them, the way they communicate, like I'm an email kind of person, you want to have um, show me any any of the values of your brand, I prefer emails because I like to read it at my, my own time. So mm. understand that. Ask, mm. ask, how would you prefer us to send this to you? Mm. Would you like a phone call? Would you like a Zoom? Would you like an email? And let them decide um, yeah. what's going to work best for them. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that we said, so that you, you know, if someone's rung you at that time, you're, they're out of your pipeline. And my instant reaction was, yeah, they're done. They're no longer on my list. They're off the list. They're gone. So that tick and flick that you're either in or you're out um, is how a customer will think. So that becomes very important with the customer experience and, and very much the journey that they have uh, with you. So that's awesome. Would you like to take the customer experience in any other direction there, Celeste? I think, um, and I, I think just going through some of the key, key things that you actually need to nail all the time is 
the listening aspect of it. So when we're talking about understanding someone, there's only one way to understand someone's uh, situation and how what they like and how do they prefer things, and it's by asking. So I think being a good listener and having a database or a place where you can dump that information as you receive it, it's Mm. really important and allowing your team to do the same thing. So I think one other thing that lots of business miss is some businesses are just not having those conversations. Um, oh, so how do you prefer me to, to contact you? Is there a better time? Is there a better day? But then make note of it. Note of it. Have a database where, where there's my profile there and that says do never call her at drop-offs and pickups. She has a five-year-old. So I used to work for a client before, um, and in the database, we would put the most random things. So we would put, you know, uh, does not listen too well. So always send an email after a phone call or mm-hmm. wedding anniversary at this date. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were able to, you know, custom experience the wow factor um, being in there will put you ahead of the competitors. So we would put meaningful dates in the database as well. So when you're talking to someone and, you know, sometimes people will give you such valuable information you just miss because you have your sales speech yeah. so, you know, ready to, to be dropped that you forget the, the active listening. Mm. Then people might say, oh, sorry, I'm just getting ready for my son's birthday. Put that in the database. Yeah. <laughs> That's you making the sale over the competitor. Mm. Think that it's, you know, one email that says, congratulations to your birthday. Here's a voucher for 10% discount at our shop, like if you mm. if you sell uh, products. Mm. You know, or um, uh, congratulations on your son's birthday. Here's a voucher. Uh, here we eat free at our restaurant next time. Something like that will get you that customer for life. And Mm. it only comes when you listen. When it only comes when you actually drop the sales pitch for a minute Mm. and listen and listen Mm. what they want, what they like. One of the things that also comes from listening is that sometimes you have that sales pitch ready to go. But once you listen and you understand the client's need, and I think you might have a story or two about that, Sally, is that you might actually be able to sell something higher Mm. because you heard and said, well, actually, you don't just need the social media. Why don't we do X, Y, and Z for you to get you better results? And and you have even your what we call it your upsell uh, your service because you ha- you listened. Mm. I think adding on to that the listening as you said with that being that active listening um, and having the ability to record things is super super important. Um, but also what ties into the listening element is having the ability to be a problem solver. Um, so by listening, as you said, for those uh, cues you're listening for the, oh, okay, there was a hesitation there or you, there was a word and they've just hesitated. So 
there's um, I call it you know there's something to dig into there's there's a pain point there that they're not quite sure they know it's painful but they don't know what it is yet and uh, so by yeah. listening well and finding the next question uh, and I find myself often saying hold on a sec you just mentioned something about the tech not working or you just mentioned that you had something and you were working on, say, for example, it was a database is often the one for me. You just mentioned that you've got a database, but something's not something's gone clunky. Mm. So straight away, that's a, what I would call a choke yeah. point. There's a problem there. Um, they're, fl- they're, they're dusting over it or fluffing over it because they want to have the, they have started a different conversation with you. But by picking up and uh, picking up on those little problem clues enables you to sort of dig a little bit deeper and actually solve the bigger problem, uh, which obviously if a customer can do, if you can solve even a bigger problem from what the customer originally uh, was uh, having a conversation with you about, then that becomes a massive win for all of you because you're demonstrating your expertise and you're really helping somebody have um, significant um, forward movement. So I and think they it's will very appreciate you for that. I think yeah. they will really appreciate that. They will appreciate the fact that um, that there has been a conversation that it's not a sales speech; it's actually a conversation because you care yeah. about what their uh, concerns are, what their pain points are, uh, and the solution for it as well. Um, yeah. I think uh, I was just dealing with a customer yesterday. And um, and agencies have been getting a really bad rap at the moment because mm. apparently uh, there's so many out there over-promising and the delivering, which is something that Sally and I talk about all the time. Um, and she she started talking about their, you know, oh, this doesn't work and this doesn't work. And mm. I stopped and I said, let's just talk about the business. Let's just have a conversation. I'm not. Uh, I'm not selling you anything until I understand if I have something that adds value to you. So why um, start the conversation from the basics? Like it's like when you meet someone. You know, you meet someone and you, you want to understand more about them and um, a little bit about how their day goes and what are the challenges and and the successes. What really worked well once. Uh, might not be working, but just have conversations. And I think um, one of the reasons why I gained that client's trust was because I didn't sell. I was just having a conversation. I was trying to understand what made her pick up the phone and call me in the first place. And the funny thing is that, you know, your clients will have the guard up sometimes, and that's okay. It's your job to make them trust you. By being mm. authentic, being honest, don't oversell, uh, uh, over promise and under deliver, uh, and try to bring you know a wow factor to to the conversation. Try to mm. you know show them what you're about and and why you're aligned. And if you're not, just also mm-hmm. don't don't get the job. Don't don't do it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. that's where we, I think we work very well in, in those cases when it's not the right job for us. We've usually got somebody else where it is the right job. And it's um, yes. I often will sit down with clients and say, hey, look, I can do this bit, but what you're really needing is somebody that does this. Um, okay. So coming from that service aspect, yet, um, like yesterday was, was sitting down with a client that said, no, 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 I absolutely need lead generation. 
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Um, and then they were talking about a magazine that they were going to run an ad in that um, what didn't wasn't actually really a fit for their target market. So I sort of was my little uh, spidey senses were going off. Um, so I sort of sat down with them and said, you know, that sounds like you're going to be spending quite a bit, bit of money on that advert. And it was $2,000, which is a significant amount for a small business. And I said, what a guarantee of the returns are you getting? What's this? What's that? And they said, oh, we don't know. Um but, you know, it was bright and shiny and it sounded good and it was, you know, and it was, it's just, yeah. um, so I said to them, well, let's let's just pause that for a minute because I reckon there's probably a better, there's better solutions that you can probably spend three th- at the $2,000 on. But right now you've said to me that you actually need lead generation, but based on the conversation we've just had, uh, again, explore, exploring, listening, writing, yeah. like, writing notes down and mapping out what their, you know, what their goals are, what they're actually trying to do, it was actually a case of that they've got a whole database and a whole lot of uh, lapsed customers that they've not been in contact with for a long time. It's absolutely untapped. And we know from our experience that there's gold and there's profitability sitting in there that's not been utilised. It was sort of like, Mm -hmm. let's re-engage, let's talk to these um, people first before we go and do any um, additional cold outreach, because this is obvious, these people yeah. are all warm. And the other thing was they didn't have some systems to be able to make that work. So if we put more leads in, it, it would have been like putting water into a bucket. It'd all just come out the bottom, and it wouldn't have. It would have all been wasted. So um, yeah. it's very important to be able to have open, honest conversations and and listen um, and be of service is what um, helping create the customer experience at the very beginning of the journey so that they continue uh, through with you. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, I think when you're authentic kind of it shows that. It also yeah. shows that brand value and uh, that we talk about the, the brand personality. But, yeah, this is this is so important. Say no when when you don't don't think you're the right fit. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to sort of um just explore from a um that problem solving scenario and as it relates to you as a problem solver being the front because both you and I are the front persons of 
people of our own businesses um, and we've got different degrees of the number of people that help support us in our business. Um, but I think it's important for people to understand the value that their staff or their support people actually help them um, in their business as well. Um, so as um, the lead of a business, we're obviously usually um, doing the problem solving, we're doing the sales process, we're doing the follow-up process and, you know, coordinating and uh, operationally managing everybody else. But I think it's um, it's been a real learning for me um, going through the hiring process and hiring quite a number of different staff in short, short spaces of time you know, understanding, usually in my case, retrospectively, I don't know whether I actually knew this going in, um, was retrospectively understanding that the people that you hire make this make the difference. So can I ask you if you've got any experience, uh, experience of uh, some, uh, I'll call them war stories as, you know, hiring the wrong, where you've had a customer experience or you've had staff with a customer experience where it's not worked. And then I'll perhaps provide some of my insights as it relates to the hiring the staff, which makes a difference. Sure. I think uh, one of the things with teams, so I've um, not only just before being in my own business, like being a, a manager or a marketing executive in other businesses, I think business are very scared of allowing mm. staff to make certain decisions to turn a bad customer experience into a good one. Yeah. And I mean that mostly when it comes to hospitality. So if you have a, a restaurant, a bar, cafe or a shop, um, mm. you need to. So for me, first of all, is you need to hire people you trust mm. and you need to trust them until they, they prove to you that they can't be trusted. And then therefore there's, there's a business decision to be made there. Yeah. Uh, you need to give your staff autonomy to make a bad experience good again. So I'll just give you a very a couple of little short examples of things that need to be on the ground that needs to happen. So you go, we went to a fish and chip shop the other day. Uh, it took forever. Um, you'll be waiting 10 minutes, 40 minutes later, nothing. Um, and you know, the staff didn't know what to do with us there. Mm. They had no autonomy to just say, look, here's free pack of chips because you had to wait or your meal is free, which mm. for them is not that big of a deal in terms of, look, yeah. I'm so sorry, you had to wait 40 minutes, you don't have to pay. Mm. Mm. You could see the staff was scared. Uh, the body language of them showed the, the, how nervous and stressful that uh, they were. Versus um, another place that we went, these are very different uh, days, different times, different situations, where, um, you know, we we had to wait more than we had to, then, you know, the kitchen, there was some problem in the kitchen, restaurant, and not only um, at the end we asked for the bill, staff was feeling uh was apologetic they were coming they're like we're really sorry this is definitely not how we do business um they came to check on us a couple of times bring more drinks and mm. at the end we did not ask for it we were quite annoyed we probably wouldn't go back um mm. the bill came 
and it not only had zero on it, but with a little note. Oh, we're really right. sorry. We appreciate your patience. And it was, it was, you know, it was probably $120. It wasn't right. like a 10 buck deal, right? Yeah. And they said, you're only paying for the drinks. So you're not paying for the, for mm. any of the food. And we're really sorry. We really hope to see you again. Do you see the difference? Um, mm. For me as a customer, it's not about the money. Please understand. Yes. <laughs> I'm happy to pay my bills. It's about that the, the fact that staff could do something about it to turn a bad experience into a good one. We've been back to the restaurant many, many times. We've never been back to the fish and chip shop. Yeah. Uh, I bought a product the other day, like a beauty product, and uh, the, the tube, it was I bought it brand new. It was pretty much empty. So I went back there to say, look, look at my thing. It's empty. You could see it had never been used and, you know, Mm. Uh, you know, I had to stand there for probably 25 minutes, get the manager. The manager's having a drink, uh, it's having lunch. You need to wait till she's back. I'm not all, This is a $20 little foundation yeah. thing, right? Big oh, rent. Big, big rent. Yeah. I'm not authorized and blah, blah. And I'm thinking, mate, you can see the issue. Mm. So I think you need to make sure that people on the ground, the, not the manager, your staff, your entire team has mm. autonomy to make certain things better. I'm not talking about if you, you're talking a $1,000 kind of no. uh, problem. I'm talking about the day-to-day -day little things. Something is broken. You know, um, there's, there's a shop in, in, in Marion. I bought a candle. It was all wrapped and the glass was, like, was broken when I opened it. I went there, two seconds Oh, here's your not like oh, she didn't ask for the manager. She didn't. She saw a problem. She not only was solutions driven. She said yes. And I think yeah. there's one part that we're going to talk about as well is the the power of saying yes. Yes, yeah. I'm here to solve this for oh, you. That's so so right. And that comes back into when you um, it's hiring the right staff that are um, problems that you trust. Um, having people that are naturally problem solvers and want to serve, uh, serve through that, but empowering them to create that yes. Um, yes, it also doesn't mean that you're actually going to need to spend some time actually training them and developing them as individuals. It all The experience comes back to having the ability to provide good common sense, good manners. But if you and can I just say, there's a few things you can, uh, they're very practical that you can put in play. So uh, especially when it comes to the, the money conversation. So I have someone mm. who works with me and we had a, a very long conversation on, you know, where are the grounds that she can make decisions based on. Yes. So yeah. uh, put it, even if you, if you, you feel, you, well, you will feel more comfortable putting a dollar to it, say, look, if it's anything under $100 in our cafe and it's going to keep the customer in, do it. Don't need to ask me, don't need to ask the manager. If it's over this amount, maybe call the manager. Yeah. You know, so if it, there's an amount that actually could impact your business, uh, your numbers, 
maybe yeah. call a manager and then that can be a more thorough conversation or you can be involved in the conversation. Mm-hmm. But also, if there's that number, so if it's above this number, um, I need to be involved, that's okay. But in the meantime, can you make sure that client had this, 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 they had a free meal or they had um, mm. a 50% off their next visit or they had something mm. to keep them uh, feeling appreciated mm. and heard until I can come into this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's important too. You know, as you said, that's just such simple, uh, simple practical t- uh, tips is to have your cri- have your criteria, your benchmarks as a do- dollar value and your criteria. So something as an example in my uh, business, as we get ref- so many referrals in, um, depending on the value of the referral that I've come- got in, a-, a quick little example is I've got a little chart that says we've just had a referral from uh, X, X person. Um, the, 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 the sale essentially is this amount and here is a range of gifts that you have permission to automatically send out to them. So I don't need to be involved in that. Obviously, yeah. I've been involved in the sales process, but the staff can go, oh, great, we know that we've got to find a gift within this price range. Um, here are the selections of what are, are suitable um, I, and based on the person that we know that sent the referral in, we think that it could be that. And they're, they're empowered to make that right decision to, uh, within the business, which helps create that customer experience, um, in this case, their customer referrals. But I, it's, we've put a process in place. It's just a simple one. It's a little, a little spreadsheet. It's easy to do. It's, again, just empowering the staff to um, be able to solve that immediate problem that the customer is having in a fast manner because fast and easy manner that the client as you said feels heard but also you're not wasting your time I've got to ring the manager I've got to do this that's the last thing an upset customer wants to hear is all they want to hear is yes I can solve that for you not oh I can't do it I'm not authorized I'll need to get somebody that's like a great big red flag Absolutely. And I think the other thing is, um, and one thing I've heard from so many clients before, and I've always tried to educate them, is that they're like, oh, but what if people will take advantage or they just want to frame you? People don't do that. So please do not put something in place in case your staff make one bad judgment one time that the customer, um, you know, wasn't entitled of the free pack of chips and they got it. Please do not um, have that kind of mentality. People come to complain when they are insatisfied. Mm. People don't waste their time to take advantage. I'm not going to your shop to get a free uh, moisturizer that I've already paid for anyway. (laughs) So, Mm. you know, put things into perspective. And I think when, when people don't, listen and say the yes, yes, we're going to fix this, you're doubting my motives. So from a psychology perspective, the person that's listening to, oh, I need my manager to check the veracity of what you're saying, that's the message you're sending me. (laughs) I need someone to actually check if you're telling me the truth. Mm. And that never goes down. Believe your customer Believe that the people that are doing business with you uh, are only going to complain if there's a, a level of insatisfaction 
Yeah. And that the fact that they complained is good for your business because it allows you to identify gaps or things that you need improvement in it might be okay i need an extra pair of hands in the kitchen if we're taking 40 minutes to to deliver the meals then maybe then it's that means my chef needs help yeah and then you you can identify these things to make your business better so mm. i think uh, lots of business owners get very defensive when yeah. customers complain and i never feel that that will take you anywhere in your business um, and that cup ties into that sort of having um, the conversation with yourself in the first case, but also your staff about um, practicing and demonstrating patience and empathy. So that that's that listening, the um, the patience, the empathy. Let the if the customer needs to complain and they want to say more than three words about it, don't cut them off. Let them air their concerns because by listening, you'll hear little cues again. Um, so I think that's very important. Getting the, um, getting everybody to understand um, that 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 the customer experience is everyone's job. It's not just the uh, customer facing scenario. It's everyone's job, and the ability to listen um, and to to demonstrate their patience and empathy and solve the problem is effectively the steps through. Uh, continuing to create appropriate uh, customer experiences. And I'll just add that you, please always be mindful that there's nothing more dangerous for business than a quiet, unsatisfied customer. When they Ooh, leave your shop. Deep. Say that again. Yeah. Oh, I don't even know if I can. Uh, there's <laughs> well, nothing... <laughs> That was a bit too clever for me. Uh, there's nothing like worse for business than an, a quiet, unsatisfied customer. Mm. If your customer are unsatisfied, and I know some people get a bit, oh, you know, they're all over the place, they overreacted, this and that. Take the overreaction over the quiet ones they're going to leave, put a mm. bad review, never come back, never refer you know, like that's what's bad for business, listening to someone's insatisfaction and saying, okay, that, that's, a, that's a valid point and we need to work through this. Why don't you give us a second chance, come again in a month's time and I'll show you all the improvements we've done in that area. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, if it's swapping a product that's not right, why don't you just say, yes, we're really sorry you had that experience with our brand. You know what? Why don't you take this little sample of our newest product uh, as well as I just mm. exchanged the one that you complained about? Yeah, you know, I like it, it, it's, I promise you, you're mm. not going to lose money over these little things. You never lose money over trying to make uh, something right. And you do not want unsatisfied, quiet customers. They're the most dangerous one there is, and yeah. they're the ones that take you out of business. Yeah, absolutely. So very much um, about um, the ability to listen, the ability to say yes, um, and solve the problem in a very immediate uh, fashion um, through listening to the customers, because it's all about helping um, the next customer journey for the next customer to be an improvement from the last one. It's always, always a learning opportunity. 
And I know you're, we're almost running out of time, but I just need to touch on something very quickly as well because I, I feel that is always a question that people ask. Everything that Sally and I are saying does not mean the customer is always right. And I think that whole concept, customer is always right, is very 1980s, uh, no longer applies. The customer isn't always right. That is not the point that we're trying to make. What we try to make is that resolving the problem is your job as a business owner. Yeah. Uh, sometimes the customer is not right. That doesn't mean you should get into an argument with them. <laughs> so them not being right and you hearing will also allow you to make improvements in your business because yeah. the improvement might be that sometimes that is just not the right customer for you and that's mm. okay. Mm. But listening respectfully and understanding and even sometimes it's going back and checking and say, actually, She's just not the right customer for us. Mm. That's okay. But how could we avoid the misunderstanding then? Mm. How could we have avoid the expectation that that customer had that we're going to mm. fulfill something that we weren't? Mm. Is that something in our copy that needs changes? Is that something in our marketing that didn't make it clear? Okay. Yeah. To that customer that, no, actually, we're not delivering that. We're not delivering X, we're delivering Y. Why? Yeah. So it's identifying that. So once again, please do not think, I am not a believer the customer is always right. I yeah. think there's a bit of a mix. Sometimes the customer is right, sometimes they're not. But I think it's a business owner's job to understand why things went wrong. Yeah. Absolutely. And I also think by having um, demonstrating that uh, listening and that patience and that empathy, even with uh, with, the, with those customers in mind, um, if the customer feels heard, uh, feels respected and then understands that they're not a right fit for you, they also then understand who they actually also potentially know that is a right fit for you. And that's all the secret of being in business is continuing to have customers coming through your door. Yes, serving the ones that uh, are not a right fit, helping them overcome any challenges or problems that they have with you through listening and then letting, and then also educating them respectfully to say, hey, we actually do it like this and therefore we actually serve these yeah. sorts of people. And then they, they, they feel more connected to go, oh, I un you've understood me. The law of reciprocity. You've un I, you've understood me. I now understand what you're saying because you've listened to me. I'm now listening to you. Oh, I see where we've got we've gone wrong. Yeah. Where we got it wrong. Where we got it wrong. Not you or not I, but where we got mm -hmm. it wrong. That that gives me clarity. Okay, so next time. So oh, okay. So they then automatically start thinking of people that potentially could be a better fit for you, and. You know, if somebody's problem that you've solved in that manner can end up being one of your best uh, customer referral sources. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's very, very key. And um, I think it's also really, really important um, to encourage um, as we've just gone through, you know, empowering your staff, encouraging them, the, the, giving them the ability to say yes, etc. The last closing points on this as we sort of wind into the end of the show um, is to say that 
um, when you see these good deeds, these good actions uh, delivered to your customers, then make sure that they're recognised and potentially rewarded because if they know they're doing the right thing, they're going to do more of it. Oh, and they will uh, really inspire others to, to also step up and, and do the same. And then, uh, you know, you realize you've got this team of superstars who are customer driven, who understand mm. the customer journey and who are helping your business grow. Yeah, absolutely. And then as a result of that, the, the, the customers are then happy as well. And then happy customers tell other people about the service and the experience or the staff member that helped them out or your services or products. And they share that information with their others. And that's what business is all about is getting um, getting the, the networking and getting the referral marketing and the word of mouth marketing and alongside your existing marketing strategies that you have in place. That's yeah, and I think also just uh, I know we talked a, a little bit about when things go wrong, but I think mm. when things go right as well, uh, encourage your staff like um, they're having mm. your customers having having really good time or really mm. being brand ambassadors um, and talking about your brand highly. Just mm. um, encourage them to have these conversations about the positives as well. What is it about us that you really like that really works for you? And uh, that will also be an amazing insight for your next marketing campaign, for mm. your next customer. How are we using that language that mm. came from one happy customer to attract another one? So encourage that. But once again, you need to have a place where you're putting these intelligence, where you're putting this information. So you have to have a database. There are free ones out there you don't need to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars in a database uh you can but you don't have to there are free options out there of really sophisticated database where you know put the name of the person and write as much information as you can absolutely because that those all those little intels are all part of the next gold gold and sequence as far as it comes to communicating with customers well we're just coming to the end of the show thank you once again uh, for sharing so much of your wisdom and insights with us from um, our thank monthly you. episode of marketing magic and we look forward to seeing you very much next week and it will be celeste and i you're going to get a double dose of us this month and we're going to be talking about content uh, creation as well as content repurposing all of the elements of helping you tell your story out to your communities and audiences. Thank you very, very much. And we will see you naturally next week. Take care. Bye. Thank you. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. I trust you got some inspirational tips to move you forward. See you next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern for more Success Secrets Exposed. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 